And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, hour number two of Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Modelo. Oh, man, I love Modelo. On a day like today, man, if I didn't have a night show tonight, I'd get lost in a bucket of Modelo's all day long. Get in the pool, get in the air conditioning, get out of the heat, keep your pets and your kids away from this heat, and enjoy the Golden Knights tonight. I'll get to the Golden Knights and what's on the line. I'm sensing no one's worried. I don't know about that. I've been doing sports for 25 years, and I've been a fan for over 50. So I'm a fan more than a radio host. I'm a fan behind a microphone. This town's really loosey-goosey on the Golden Knights. There are a lot of people popping champagne already. I'm just telling you. All right? I'm in this building. Everybody's walking around with jerseys. Hey, man, this is great. Stanley Cup. What are you doing? So I don't know what you're thinking, but just win the game. I don't care if you win 3-2, 5-1. Win the game. Montreal has nothing to lose. They are the pure example of playing with house money. They're not supposed to be a playoff team. They weren't supposed to be in the Final Four. They haven't played in front of any fans this year. They're just here to have a good time and try to win a game. And if they do, it's one of the great upsets. And then for Vegas, you know, we talked to Gary Lawless about this, and he talked about the perfect amount of time off because they haven't had. The year they went to the Cup their first year, they were off 10 days, 9 days. They were just slaughtering people and then having a lot of time off. I don't think they need a lot of time off now. They want to win and then quickly, not quickly, but have a couple of days off and get ready for Tampa Bay or the Islanders. Very tough to pick that other series because the Islanders are very good. Tampa Bay did what they were supposed to do. They bounced back, and they won their game. So it's 1-1 going back to Uniondale of the team of my youth, the Islanders. And the place is a madhouse. A couple of my buddies are going to these games. One's a retired fireman. He says, JT, because we grew up going to Islander games, same building. Same building. And he said that it's now just a tailgate zone where everybody's getting hammered. Everybody's allowed to drink. The cops aren't doing anything. And then you've got like 12,000 drunks coming into that building. I'm not exaggerating. It's a madhouse. So that's going to be an interesting series the rest of the way. All right, today we found out that Chris Paul tested positive for coronavirus, and reportedly he has been vaccinated. So let's stop and say what that means. I'm done dealing with the dummies on vaccination. I put something up, 600,000 dead, hey, get vaccinated, and I got a bunch of conspiracy theorists who try to climb into my DMs. Look, you do whatever the hell you want. I'm not talking to idiots anymore during a pandemic about getting vaccinated. Coach Gruden just said in that press conference, he's vaccinated, the team is. They have a great rate of vaccination. If you watch this whole pandemic and you haven't figured out if you're an adult to get vaccinated, I can't help you. You're not hanging out with me, okay? Period. You're not in the backyard brick with me. You figure out what you want to do. I'm sick of dealing with dummies in the media. On social media with this, it's the biggest pandemic of 100 years. Do what you're supposed to do. And if you're not allowed to get on airplanes or go to work or go to hockey games, it's on you. Okay? Because that's where we're going on this thing. So everybody's talking about this now. And how could Chris Paul get coronavirus? Well, you can get coronavirus if you're vaccinated. But the reason for the vaccine is that you don't die. 
And even if you're healthy, you could die. We've had hundreds of thousands of healthy people around the world die from coronavirus. It might not just have happened to you, so you don't think it's a big deal. So Chris Paul now probably has the worst luck of any athlete. It's the second time he's got to the conference finals, and now he's ruled out. The NBA's rule for coronavirus-related isolation periods have evolved throughout the season with the vaccine numbers. If Paul is already vaccinated, he could be facing a shorter absence from the Suns. So they want this series to go on longer between Utah and the Clippers so he could come back. Suns coach Monty Williams would, wouldn't say whether he'd expect Paul to be available for game one. Quote, I'm not even going to go there until I have to, so there's no reason for me to be pessimistic at all. Then the other news we got today, that Ka- um, Kawhi Leonard's out with a knee injury, and he could be out the rest of the series. Wow. How did that happen? I mean, he threw down one of the best dunks in his career. He's a two-time finals MVP, and he's not going to be able to go. So big advantage for Utah going forward here. Kyrie Irving is out again for game six. James Harden will be available. Last night I was on the radio live when Durant went off. And I I was fortunate enough to see Durant play live in the NBA Finals a few times with the Warriors. I was in the building for that. And it blew me away. Remember, he played in bigger games. The NBA Finals is a bigger game than game four or five against Milwaukee. But what Durant did last night was one for the ages, other than John Havlicek with the Celtics. This is the greatest playoff game, individual game, ever played in NBA history. Harden inbounded. Gets it into Durant. Left in the lane against Middleton. Puts a fadeaway over him and knocks it down. Oh, what a night for Kevin Durant. He's got 43. He missed the free throw down the stretch or he would have had 50. He was incredible down the stretch because he was unguardable. I mean, he was 30 feet away from the basket, dribbling like a point guard and getting off big shots. Harden holds. Holiday all over him. Finds Durant. Working right. Pull up three. Good! Oh, KD! Nets by four! Nets Radio. So I think this is an important topic on Raider Nation Radio because it's NBA. NBA is bigger right now than the NFL by a long shot. Not even close. NFL will take over for good, but the NBA is the big topic now as a sports talk host that I'm talking about. And Durant had his greatest individual game of his career. So for you former Warrior fans or current Warrior fans, what do you, what do you say about this? He played every minute of the game, 48 minutes. He was 13-16 to from the free throw line. He had 17 rebounds and 10 assists and 49 points. I give James Harden a lot of credit. He played 46 minutes on a bum hamstring. I had a caller on my show last night. I'll get to that because we have an NBA guest coming up. A caller called into my show last night and said, JT, he played 46 minutes because he couldn't rest or his hamstring would have tightened up. It was a very important point because why in God's name would Harden play 46 minutes with a bad hamstring? Well, they didn't take him out because they didn't want it to cramp up. So I'm amazed. He was 1 of 10 from the field, 0 for 8 from 3. He only had five points. But that was a warrior effort. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo had a big turnover late. He caught a ball on the low block and just dropped it like like an NFL running back fumbling the ball. And that cost him the game. So Antetokounmpo had 34 points, 12 rebounds. But Kevin Durant outplayed him by a lot. So that's a big storyline today as we open up this hour of the show. 
Where do you rank that game all time for Kevin Durant? 702-365-9200. After doing three hours on it last night or two, I would say that that was his greatest game ever. Pretty impressive coming off the injury that he had. And then there was a bunch of firings today. Stan Van Gundy fired from the Pelicans after one year. Scott Brooks, friend of the show, won't be back with the Wizards. So there is movement. What a big day today. When you look at what happened with Kyrie Irving being announced out, Chris Paul on NBA protocol for coronavirus, and Kawhi Leonard hurt. So all these storylines are very important. And now we get to LeBron James. So, again, this is another big topic for a sports talk show. I hope you participate. Why do you believe everybody's getting injured? Why is this happening? Well, here's the tweet from LeBron. LeBron, you, you wonder why this guy is polarizing? Here's what LeBron James said today. Eliminated from the playoffs in the first round, first time in 14 years. Quote, they all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest, rest before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, most in league history. This is the best time of year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players. It's insane. If there's one person that know about the body and how it works all year around, it's me. I speak for the health of all of our players, and I hate to see this many injuries this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all of your favorite guys right now. From LeBron. So LeBron just threw shade at the league and said you started up too quick because last year they went into the bubble and had to extend the league, and they did that because of a pandemic. And when there's a pandemic, you have to make sure that you get the other league started up. The league started up again on time. You can't keep pushing back the league six months. Six months. You're not able to do that. So I look at this in the NBA, and when the biggest player in the league is throwing shade at the league, that got my attention today. So what do you think about these injuries, and are you watching the NBA? I want to stop the show and tell you that I get a chance to talk to a lot of people off the radio about sports. And the number one question I ask them when I'm on a golf tee box, I'm at a restaurant, at a bar, I do this on purpose. I go up to them, a group of two or three guys, we talk, and I go, hey, guys, what do you think of the NBA? All of them or two out of three say I don't watch? And I go, and I know what they're going to say, so I have the answer ready. I go, really? I go, I love the NBA, and I do. I've always been an NBA fan. And then I just listen, and they all say the same. No, they all say different things. Some say the league is too woke. It's too political. China, Hong Kong. But most of them don't like LeBron. That's really the answer I get. It's like, oh, LeBron, LeBron said this. LeBron doxed that cop in Columbus. He took the picture of the cop and put it up there and said, you're next. So millions, not hundreds of thousands, millions of fans have bailed on the NBA for political reasons or the fact that they just don't like it. Now, I'm not one because I believe that black athletes should be talking about black relevant issues about 
blacks getting killed. That's what they should be talking about if you're a black athlete. If you got a platform and black kids are dying in the street, black-on-black crime or police crime or whatever it is, you better be talking about it. And if that alienates you or anybody else who's white, black basketball players don't care if a white guy's offended because a black guy's talking about a black kid getting shot in the streets. But a lot of fans said, I'm out. I don't want to deal with this. I want to get back to just being entertained. Remember, Laura Ingram said once, just shut up and dribble. Don't tell that to a black basketball player. They get highly offended, and they should. So LeBron does this today. I started reading some of the responses. Oh, my God. Are we ever going to have, like, guidance on social media? Like, is there ever going to be laws out there? No, right, Bobby, on social media? So LeBron's getting a lot of heat today. And it's a big topic as we go forward. I'll say this again. I like when athletes speak. It makes my job much easier as a sports talk radio host. When athletes don't speak, I don't have content. So th- this is a very important moment here. And I want to I ask you before we get out of here, because we got a couple other different topics I'm going to get to this hour, mostly NBA-related, and we'll get to what's going to happen with hockey what do you think about LeBron James? And is anybody on Raider Nation Radio watching the NBA? Because that's the business I'm in. If you're not watching the NBA, again, I'm not going to do three hours on OTAs. Guys, you know, touching each other in shorts on. I, w- I want to do real radio, and that's Kevin Durant last night getting 49 points. Did anybody see it? Did anybody love it? It's one of the best basketball games I've ever seen by an individual player. It was fantastic, and I hope to see more like that. But there's just a lot of stars that are out. All right, joining us from Bleacher Report, NBA insider Tyler Conway, kind enough to join us. And Tyler, busy day. I was just ranting on the NBA before you came on for the last 10, 15 minutes. Kyrie to miss game five, CP3. You know, I look at Kawhi. Where would you like to start with the problems around the league? I think you got to start with CP3. I mean, there's no – It's this is the worst-case scenario for the league. You have a team that has basically the entire entirety of the league behind it. You have a, like a player in Chris Paul who is going make, making his second uh, conference finals appearance of his entire career, and now the entire series might be in jeopardy based on protocol. Well, considering the protocol here and how far it goes out and how far the other series in the Western Conference can go out with Utah – and obviously L.A., what do you think could happen here? Could Chris Paul play half the series or, you know, a shorter absence for the Suns here? Because everybody's trying to figure out exactly how long it could be. It really depends here. I mean, based on my understanding of the protocol, Chris had to test the positive because he was vaccinated. Mm. So he's going to have to test negative, and he's going to have to go through the protocols of a player who tested positive, and then he's going to have to test negative in order to be cleared for a return. So it's all going to depend on how his body handles the the virus, whether he's symptomatic. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that are going to play out in the coming days. It's not really stuff that we're going to know right off the bat. So it it could lead, he could be back for game one yeah. if the series stretches to seven, or he could be out in the three or four. Yeah, it's the second trip to the conference finals and the way he's playing. I like what you said in in the beginning that everyone in the league is behind him and, and fans are behind him, even – 
fans that aren't huge Chris Paul fans, they all respect him even more now for the way he's played on the back end of his career and how he's leading the Suns franchise. He's one of the biggest storylines other than this Durant 49, which we'll get to. And again, he's one of the faces of the league. The league needs him back. No, it's what, it's what you're looking at. It's I mean, look at this fans of Phoenix. They were starved for a for a decade for a competitor, and you see the fans in the stands. They they're just it's the most infectious environment in the league that we got going right now. And you have them sweeping the MVP, and you have Devin Booker emerging, and you have Aiton emerging, and you have this great storyline of a team that could be making its first finals appearance since I was a child. And then everything's just in the jeopardy, and that's kind of the whole story of the playoffs at this point between injuries and COVID. You, you have maybe two teams who feel even remotely whole at this point. Tyler Conway is our guest, Bleacher Report, NBA insider. So let's move on to Kawhi and the injury. I've seen the video a number of times on how he tweaked it and he tried to stretch it out. And the news on this is shattering, too, because the way the Clippers have fought back in every series and the way uh, Kawhi threw that slam dunk down in the last game, it looked like he was 100% and actually peaking at the right time in the postseason. Exactly. Again, you're spot on. Everyone came into these playoffs expecting the Clippers to clip again, to to do what they did in the bubble last year. And then they were in jeopardy of doing against Dallas and they fought back. And they looked like they were doing against Utah again, and they fought back. And this is a team that should be uh, a top seed, should be a finals competitor, and they seem to be like stacking the deck against themselves and fighting back and uh, go- going against the narrative. And then Kawhi's injury, and you just you go from two stars to one, and right there, Utah's depth, they just become an overwhelming favorite because you have Paul George, the lesser of the two stars, who's going to have to carry a load that he's never really carried at any point in his entire career. Well, what's interesting about Kawhi, they're calling it a right knee sprain. The Clippers announced that. No timetable for his return. And we saw the slight MCL issue with Joel Embiid, but he was ready to come back on the court and had a big game. So I don't know. I mean, they this is the franchise player for the Clippers heading into the offseason if they lose the series. They can't afford for Kawhi to re-injure this knee more severely and have him miss the entire offseason with the surgery and a rehab, right? Well, they can't afford any type of misguided actions yeah. with Kawhi's body because he's a free agent. So he, I mean, the falling out in San Antonio started over a disagreement over how to handle an injury. So if the Clippers have to handle this perfectly, or he could theoretically just walk again in the offseason. I don't think that would happen because he loves playing close to home. But this is a person who has, I guess, a, I would say a delicate way of looking at things when it comes to his own body. And I think that the Clippers have done a great job in terms of uh, managing his body. But this is a situation where they have to weigh a risk, risk, risk and reward. Yeah, Ramona Shelbourne saying that they're going to have to have more of a MRI after the swelling goes down. But you make a very good point on how they handle it. As an organization, the good news for the Clippers is that he's probably not going to opt out. He has so much money coming to him. I don't. I wouldn't assume Kawhi would opt out coming off an injury because the other team would be. I, I'm sure other teams would offer him a really big deal here, but he gets max money per se with the Clippers. And as long as the Clippers don't screw it up and kind of dictate to him what he can and can't do, and I can't see Steve Ballmer allowing that at all. 
No, I mean, I would assume that he opts out just for long-term security purposes. Mm -hmm. That would be my guess, uh, similar to how Paul George signed that extension. That would be my my general uh, way I would lean, is that he would be towards opting out, because he's going to get maxed unless the ACL is torn, and which we've not seen anything to that extent. It's being categorized as a sprain right now, which could be a month-long to two-month-long issue, but that's not going to affect anything that happens with him this summer because he would be an automatic max player, even if he's coming off a minor surgery. Yeah, I'm fascinated last night. Last night on the show, I was on live when Durant went off for 49. So there were two things. You know, we threw it out. Was that his greatest game? And I'll say it to you. I I, I believe at the end of the show, I said yes, because it was one of the greatest games, if not the greatest game all time in a postseason game for a triple-double, going back to John Havlicek. But he played in bigger games with the Warriors in the NBA Finals where he won NBA Finals MVP twice. So put that performance last night into his legacy, and where does that stand all time in the league? It was the greatest individual performance of his career. I don't think that you. Can, I don't think there's yeah. any doubt about that. In terms of stakes, there have been bigger stakes games he's played in in the past, and I mean the finals when he took, when he and uh, the baby big three took OKC to the finals uh, against LeBron and the Heat. There's, I mean, there's been bigger games in his career, but there's been no better individual performance. That was one of probably the ten greatest individual performances in a playoff game I've ever seen in my life. Tyler Conway is our guest, NBA insider for the Bleacher Report. And here's another thing we hit on last night that I was fascinated by. It was Harden's 46 minutes, and it was a caller who said to me, you know, he couldn't come out of the game because he couldn't afford for the hamstring to tighten up. And that made sense to me instantly. If he comes out to get a four- or five-minute rest and the hamstring doesn't react, it was loose, it was warm, and he was playing. Now, even though his box score was awful, how much credit do you give him for the 46 minutes and being out there like a warrior? I mean, that's a Herculean effort right there. That's all it is. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things. You, The, the lead-up to that game, you're thinking, oh, wow, I really hope this isn't a similar situation to what happened with Anthony Davis where he tries to make it go and then his body just falls apart instantly. But they, they did. They did a great job of managing his minutes and keeping him fresh because the only way with these soft tissue injuries is to balance out the minutes, is to keep – keep him on the floor, keep him loose, keep him going. And he threw some of those passes in that second-half comeback. That I mean, he could, he didn't have any lift off his legs, but he's throwing passes that were next-generation passes. You know, Tyler, I'm interested now going forward with Giannis because Giannis is so young. He's a two-time MVP. He doesn't have to win a ring right now. Go back to Ewing, Carmelone, Stockton, Barkley, and they had long careers and multiple shots on the back end of their careers. But this is a defining game for him because he's going to be saving his coach's job. I think if Budenholzer gets to Game 7 and loses to Durant with Harden on the court, the Milwaukee can say, look, do we want to tear this down with a good coach that went seven games against a Brooklyn-loaded team? But if you know Giannis can't win this game for his coach at home in Game 6, I would assume the head coach gets fired. How do you see it? I think Boonholzer gets fired if they don't make it past the second round, no matter what. Okay. I think that we've seen with we're year three into the Bucks being among the most talented teams in the league, and every year it seems that we run into the similar situation where Boonholzer is so so uh, stuck, stuck in his ways that he doesn't make adjustments, mm-hmm. and it, and over a course of a seven game series, you can't not adjust. Look at how look at how Brooklyn came back last night. There was a constant series of isolations for Drew Holiday, for for Giannis, and 
did you see the uh, turn turnaround Kobe like fadeaway that Giannis attempted? Yeah. Where where was that in his game? What is he doing? <laughs> Yeah, they, they, I, but they, 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 to push back on that, I don't think Budenholz was telling him to do that. I think Budenholz was telling him coming out of a timeout, listen, ball movement, bust your ass, make the extra pass, and try to hit a shot. And because the the walls being built against Giannis defensively, any coach, an AAU coach, would say, hey, at least move the ball and do something. And and it seems like his team wants to play hero ball. We saw that with Middleton. Giannis wants to do it from time to time. I think you're right. I don't think the word is getting out from Budenholz or they're not listening to him enough or they're just playing hero ball on their own. Well, realistically, they need to move Giannis off the ball. Yeah. The, the only way to get around the wall is to have a, a, a ball handler, and this is where I pushed back on the Drew Holiday trade over the summer. You don't really want Drew being your lead ball handler in that situation. I thought they should have went after Chris Paul. I thought that acquiring Chris Paul would have made a better variation to the offense come playoff time. He could have, I mean, obviously you don't see COVID, the situation coming down the line like that. But I think the variation that a player like Chris Paul and his ability to, to create the um, pace that he wants in a game would have completely changed the trajectory of the Bucks. whereas Drew's a fit. But does he change the trajectory of the team? I don't see it. Tyler Conway, as we wrap it up from Bleacher Report, you had a great tweet earlier today. LeBron hurt, AD hurt, Kawhi hurt, CP3 hurt in COVID, Kyrie hurt, Harden hurt, Embiid hurt, Mitchell hurt, Luka hurt, Russ hurt, Beal hurt, Conley hurt, Kemba hurt. Other than that, the NBA playoffs have gone great. Big picture. Bad luck. Why so many injuries in your thought process here? It's really, I think, it's a combination of factors. You look at how quickly the league came back after the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that played a factor. I think condensing 72 games in the short window that they did played a factor. And I think a lot of it is just general injury luck. You, you can't find a championship team in the history of the league that wasn't aided in some form or fashion by injury luck. The Raptors in 19. But there's no way they win that championship without Durant and Clay being hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, you, even last year, like the Lakers were a team that stuck together and had almost no injury issues at all the whole way through the, through the playoffs. It's one of the things where it's a combination of factors, but I really do think the league needs to look in the mirror a little bit, I would say, and this includes the union, the league office, um, because they prioritize money over player safety. I think both sides did that. They wanted to get as many games in as possible to get as much television money as possible. To, to, I mean, and it's, it's a revenue sport. You can't really blame them. But at the same time, this is kind of what happens. Soft tissue injuries are the highest they've ever been. I don't think that's a coincidence. Absolutely. Great analysis. Good to talk to you. Let's talk to you deeper, maybe in the NBA Finals. Really appreciate, appreciate your time, Tyler. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate that. Good conversation with Tyler Conway. He's got a nice following at Bleacher Report on a big day where the NBA losing coaches who are getting fired and players are injured. Injuries happen in sports to professional athletes all the time. The only thing we could all say about it is next man up. Kevin, You saw what happened with Kevin Durant. James Harden could barely play. Kyrie wasn't out there. What'd he do? He stepped up and played as LeBron's eliminated and chirping from the sideline. Jeff Motley from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway on some good news coming to Sin City.
I know what I've put on film, I know the things that I've been able to accomplish, and I still want more. There's still more, and I want to do it here. I don't want to do it anywhere else. I've said it over and over again. I, 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 I'd probably quit football if I had to play for somebody else. You know, I, I am a Raider for my entire life. I'm going to root for one team for the rest of my life, and uh, it's the Raiders. So um, I, I just feel that so strong in my heart. You know, I don't need a perfect situation. You know, I believe that. Oh, we'll be playing that soundbite a lot. Derek Carr on his future with the Raiders. JT, back with you. And remember, Derek Carr delivered the most famous words in motorsports prior to the Pennzoil 400. Great segue out to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Our guy Jeff Motley, kind enough to join us. Jeff, good to talk to you again. I hope you're staying cool today. If it's 115 here, what could it get on the track? JT, I think I'm the only sick guy in Las Vegas who <laughs> loves this weather. I was in Sonoma Monday and Tuesday wearing a pullover to the office Tuesday morning and got off the plane yesterday and said, aha, that's much better. <laughs> I, it, it's great. I, I like the heat, too. This gets really unique heading into the Knights game tonight. But, you know, you got good news now with the Speedway planning to run the South Point 400 with no capacity restrictions. And I've talked to you throughout the whole process. You've been great to us during coronavirus. How big of a hurdle was this and how happy is everybody over at the Speedway? Well, we're ecstatic, obviously. You know, the fact that we're going to be able to now open it up and not have to limit the size of the crowds like we did for the Pennzoil 400 in March or even worse, last September when we couldn't have any fans for the South Point 400. But this was really all a product of, you know, the work with the state of Nevada and Clark County that's not only only allowing the Speedway to be at full capacity, but, you know, we're expecting Allegiant Stadium's events to be at full capacity. We know the Golden Knights will have a full house tonight against Montreal for game two. The aviators are, are filling up uh, the Las Vegas ballpark now. So I think that's something that's now happening for all of our sports venues in town. And, look, we know we're becoming the sports capital of the world, and now we get to fill up all of our venues and show it off to national television audiences and all the people who come from around the country to all the events that are here in town. Yeah, I know there was a level of frustration when we had Chris Powell on about the fact of communication and not even to get another fifteen or 20,000 into the earlier race this year. And there was only so much you can do, but it seemed like everyone at the track was ready with different types of protocol. It just felt like that event, there should have been more fans there. So how tough was it, Jeff, to be patient the whole time with your team? Well, you know, certainly it was frustrating at the time. I think that, you know, I'm the type of person who, you know, I'm always looking forward. You know, mm -hmm. once that that decision was made, then we, we put on the best event that we possibly could for the people that were here. And once that was over and we've been given the clearance to fill up the place, now let's go and bust our rear ends to sell as many tickets as we can to fill it up. So it was disappointing. But at the same time, you kind of know you're going to have to work within the rules that are given you. And look, we weren't the only ones that were dealing with it. You know, the Raiders played eight home games in front of no fans at all. And the, and the Golden Knights I mean, were having 2,500 people for so many hockey games. So it wasn't like we were the only ones that were singled out. But I'm sure we were all disappointed. But now it's, it's look forward, you know. It's not really look back and... Let's just get ready to have great events. I like what you're saying. Jeff Motley, kind enough to join us from the Speedway. And what's interesting is this is a sport that can handle more people. You know how much NASCAR I do on my national show, and I do a hit every week on it, and I'm always talking to MRN broadcasters, individuals who are traveling around the country track to track. 
and they can tell the difference between an extra 20,000, 40,000. Now when you're talking about the difference with another 80 to 100,000, tell the listeners who are listening to us today, what is maximum capacity? Uh, well, we would certainly like to have uh, in the range of 70 to 72,000 people here. That would be a, a full house for our facility. I think it's the largest sports facility in, in town. I think the Raiders are about, what, 65 or mm-hmm. 66 yeah. at Allegiant. So um, we can get the 72 here if we fill it up. And that's certainly our goal in uh, in September for the South Point 400. Uh, Kyle Larson, unbelievable now. What is the difference here? You know, Sonoma, the races he won leading up to this, it looks like it's Kyle Larson and everybody else this year. Boy, it really does now. You know, he kind of really got headed in the right direction here in Las Vegas when he won the Pennzoil 400. And he's got three wins plus an all-star win now. And and look, he could have had two or three other wins. I mean, there was a few other races, Homestead, Miami, Darlington, a couple that come to mind where he was really the guy to beat and just kind of ran into some problems on some late restarts. So, I think if I'm a betting guy, and, and you know, Brendan Gaughan and I do a NASCAR gambling show every week, so yes. uh, we'll be talking a lot about uh, Kyle Larson because I think right now he has certainly become the odds-on favorite to win the championship. From the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, longtime friend Jeff Motley, kind enough to join us, and the events that they put on for NASCAR are the best in town. I go to all of them, and what's in store this year for the upcoming race, the South Point 400? What are, other than no capacity restrictions, the neon garage, the interaction with drivers here, I know there's still some COVID protocols, but what are you most looking forward to? Well, I will say the one thing that we probably will have to overcome, you know, we're still not having practice and qualifying mm-hmm. throughout the remainder of the 21 season. So uh, all three races will be basically show up and race. So uh, we're hoping that we'll be able to find some things that we can do to get a little bit of driver fan interaction, uh, you know, always working with the South Point, you know, that we always can come up with some creative ideas. And, and, you know, and the other thing that we're looking forward to, and I'll tell you, we haven't exactly figured out exactly what we're going to do, but we want to make it right with Kurt Busch. You know, Kurt won here last September with no fans. It's his hometown. It was his dream racetrack to win in his hometown and not to have any fans here to celebrate. So we want to take care of Kurt. That's important to us in September to kind of show the love that he Mm -hmm. didn't get. And the other thing that will be coming up right around our fall race is we'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary, September 16th. Wow. 1996 was the first ever event, an Indy car race here at the Speedway. So, you know, we're going to be doing a few things later on this summer and heading into the fall to commemorate um, turning 25 years old, which it's uh, hard to believe this track's been here 25 years. It's a tremendous accomplishment. Tell everybody where they can get tickets for the four-day weekend and where they're on sale at. Uh, LVMS.com is your best bet. Go on there for all the information and tickets that you need. Excellent, Jeff. Good talking. I'll see you around town soon. All right, JT, let's go hit the ball. You got it, buddy. Thank you, Jeff Motley. They do an amazing job. For everybody who's listening outside of the market, you come to Vegas for a NASCAR race. We have one in the fall. When you look at what comes back here now with the playoff race, it's incredible. This is the biggest crowd in all of Vegas. So if you want to have a good time and a good weekend, I take my sons out there over the years and my wife, and we go out there and we either sit in the grandstand, the neon garage, Get a chance to hang out with my friends at Fox, Chris Myers. Love the love the rock and roll, love the noise. Love getting in and out of there, which they vastly improved on over the years. And if you're a fan of racing and NASCAR, you do not want to miss this race. Go pick up tickets now. September's NASCAR weekend in Las Vegas will run with no capacity. Tickets available at LVMS.com. 
The four-day weekend kicks off Thursday, September 23rd. Now, Bobby, I've been buying a lot of things lately. Not only does an Amazon box come to my house every 34 minutes, but I bought tickets to Garth Brooks, Guns N' Roses, Gold Cup Soccer. Uh, I passed on, because I get a credential, we got the fight, Fury Wilder. That'll be a big one. So there's a lot going out the door now before the kids, the boys go back to college. So I'm, I'm definitely going to this, and my wife and I can't wait to do it. Depending on that weekend, I'll be there 100%. And got to look at how that coincides with the Raiders on that Sunday. Thanks again to Jeff Motley for joining us. He's always fantastic. We're brought to you by Sam and Ash. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com if you need a personal injury attorney. I drove today from my home over to the Raider facility. Getting off the 215 onto the 15 with a cement truck to the left, a pickup truck off the side of the road to the right. It is chaos. So if you get in an accident, get safe and get to the side of the road. Make sure you're safe. And then the next move is SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. They will take care of you because we trust them here. When we come back, we'll get into some of the events coming up later on tonight, the NBA and John Gruden's comments. If you missed that, Vinny Bonsignor is going to be talking about it from 4 to 6 o'clock. Vinny's put out some great work along with all the Raider insiders here, Vic Tafer was on with us today. A lot of good Raiders contact between Gruden and Carr. What Carr had to say yesterday and what Gruden had to say today. We'll wrap it up and get out of here and stay out of the heat. And the best guys are going to play. I don't care if it's Nate Hobbs or Amik Robinson. I don't care what round they came in. We're going to play the best four or five guys, and uh, the players will decide that. That's a great soundbite by John Gruden. That's a hell of a soundbite. Man, he's saying, I don't care who you are, best guys are playing this year. Sense of urgency. JT, back with you as we continue on. Hope you're doing well today. Just read this headline at CNBC, Bobby. Nicholas Cage blew $150 million on a dinosaur dinosaur skull, pygmy heads, and two European castles. How great would it be to have $150 million back in the bank account, but it's gone forever on a pygmy, pygmy heads and a dinosaur skull. Incredible. See him around town all the time. I saw him at the Palms all the time back in the day. Raider Dave in Denver on Raider Nation Radio. How you been, Dave? I've been pretty good, man. Loving the heat, whether it's here in Denver or out there. I'll get out there and we'll kill a couple of buckets, one full of Modellos and one full of golf balls. How's that? Sounds good to me. Hey, I want to let all of Raider Nation know you better listen a lot closer because all this stuff that Carr is saying, and he said it himself at the beginning of his quote, I've said it many times, quote, unquote, he's not going anywhere. And if people don't listen intently to all the press conferences he's had, all the post-game interviews he's had. He said it over and over. So nobody should be surprised at this. They can make it national news all they want, but this guy is so genuine, raised in the, in the Valley in California, 
He is Raider through and through. He's not going anywhere. And I'll tell you, the uh, slip of the tongue just about with Gruden today, saying that everybody needs to play at a higher level, and then he finally said the word championship when he talked about training at a championship level. These guys are trying to bite their tongue. They know they've got something special, Mm -hmm. and they don't want the rest of the league to make pinboard material out of it. You know, Dave, hold on a second. Dave, Dave, you listen closely. I'm happy you picked that up. And, I'm again, I, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. I get slaughtered when I pre- predict who's going to win. But you're right. The, the level of attendance, the health of the roster compared to last year with COVID, and the way they get along so well, and they're all pulling for each other, you nailed it. They, they know they have something special going on there, and the rest of the league doesn't want to give them credit for it or even acknowledge it. No, the rest of the league and the national, you know, talking heads, they don't want to give them credit for it. They want to go ahead and push them down. Oh, they're going to be 5-11. and 11. Oh, the offensive line isn't going to be this or that. You know, the offensive line is going to be guys in this league that can rebound from black and blue injuries and soft tissue stuff for 17 weeks. You're not going to do that with a 34-year-old lineman. Yeah, I agree with you there. Last thing, and I know in Denver they're still talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Your Raider Nation hiding out in Denver. Are they still hoping for Aaron Rodgers? That would be a nightmare scenario. Not not a horror film nightmare, but it wouldn't be good for Aaron Rodgers to land with the Broncos. It wouldn't be a horror film, and you're right. You might be a nightmare scenario, but I'll tell you what. It doesn't matter who is playing where. you got to go through all of them to get the trophy. Thank you, buddy. Good to hear from Raider Dave in Denver. Loyal listener, one of the many who download this show from noon to two on the Raiders mobile app. And Aaron Rodgers, all Aaron Rodgers cares about now is playing golf. I would. I play golf. I don't play in this weather, but I play a lot of golf. And if I was playing on TV or if I was playing at a tournament and I know there were going to be a few fans watching me, I'd be practicing my ass off every day. Aaron Rodgers is playing golf with Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, and Tom Brady on television. You don't think that Aaron Rodgers every day is playing 18 or 36 holes and hitting a bucket afterwards? He has no interest in football now. And for everybody who says he doesn't have to be at training camp, I agree. But he's only one of the few. Derek Carr needs to be at training camp, and he always is. Who are the guys? Mahomes is coming off an injury. There's only a few guys who don't have to be at training camp. J.J. Watt. He only has so many reps left. Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady loves going to practice. Part of his day. Part of his fitness routine. But Aaron Rodgers now the reigning MVP. He's still making headlines. And the next group of headlines is July 6th is the golf match coming up on TNT. And I guarantee you he's going to play his butt off until then and not even think about football. If he can do well in that, that's going to just help his brand even more. He did great on Jeopardy. I I watched Jeopardy with Alex Trebek, but not every night of the week. When he was on, I watched it and I DVR'd it. He was fantastic. You could hire him now. So he's got some options, but he'll be back playing football. Early game tonight, Atlanta at Philadelphia. Both teams are 2-2. and Game five, and then the late game, no Kawhi Leonard. It'll be the Clippers at Utah, which is going to be amazing. Bobby and I, we were talking about our dogs during the break. Bobby, let me share this story because I remind everybody, take your dogs inside. So one of our neighbors is a pilot, and he works for a shipping company, and he's a, you know, he's a captain. And his dog and our dog were best friends, same breed, mm-hmm. born around the same year. And they moved to Hong Kong. 
for over four years, hmm. and our dogs are only six or almost seven. Right. They came back. They moved back to town, and they brought the dogs together mm-hmm. yesterday. I know where this is going. It Go was ahead. the most amazing thing I've ever seen with dogs. Two sharp dogs, best friends, haven't seen each other in four years. We were just saying the dog's name. Our dog was doing 360s. They came together in our 4AA, and it was like two friends reunited again. I really wish you filmed it. My wife did. My oh, wife awesome. Did. Yeah, I would my tell wife her to put it, it was... up. I would really love to see that. Because, I mean, dogs have no space of time whatsoever. It's incredible. Two minutes, three hours, they couldn't care less. This is like a lifetime for that poor thing, yeah, right? It's like this show. It, it automatically leaves when I get into the parking lot. It's automatically gone. You can podcast it all you want. You can put it on the podcast. I don't. I, it leaves my brain, and I have to add new brain cells yeah. to make up for the ones I just spent over two hours. Completely agree. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as this thing's over, I forget about it. We're on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, we forget about it. We give you everything we got every day. Every day we're here in the summertime because it is summertime, and the schedule during football season is pretty intense. And we're looking forward to that. Great opportunity here on this great radio station. And Raider Nation Radio. Thanks to Bobby and all of our guests today. Vic Tafer was good. Langston Walker. Tyler, who came on last segment, we appreciate that. Take a little bit of a break, get in the pool, and then I do 7 to 10 on Mad Dog Sports Radio. And then we'll have big shows the rest of the week. Go Knights, go. Let's go and have a big one tonight over at the Fortress. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.